Good morning and welcome everyone to Sunday service at Ananda Village. I'd also like to welcome those of you who are guests at the Expanding Light and particular blessings to those of you who received your first Kriya initiation last night. It was a beautiful ceremony. I'd also like to welcome those of you online and those of you from Ananda's Meditation Retreat as well. So this, this reading is from Swami Kriyananda's book, Commentaries on the Bhagavad Gita. And this week, victory demands the courage of conviction. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Jesus Christ said in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 10, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth, that is to say, that clingeth to, his life shall lose it. And he that loseth, in other words, that giveth up, his life for my sake shall find it. God tests the firmness of our faith. The sword described here is the sword of discrimination. The struggle Jesus describes is not a war against unknown enemies, but the struggle with our own attachment to all that is nearest and dearest to us, humanly speaking. Ultimately, it is a war against the ego itself and against anything with which we surround ourselves to bolster the ego's fragile sense of security. When Yogananda, as a boy, fled to the Himalayas to embrace the life of solitary meditation, he was apprehended by his older brother Ananta and brought home again. At a certain point, before he would accept defeat, he whispered to his friend Amar, his companion on the flight, let us slip away when opportunity offers. We can go on foot to Rishikesh. But Amar, whose brother had accompanied Ananta, had turned pessimist, disclaiming any intention of continuing their adventure. Yogananda's memorable comment on Amar's refusal was, he was enjoying the familial warmth. The spiritual warrior rejects that familiar warmth. Rather, he claims the whole universe as his home. As the Bhagavad Gita puts it in the 14th chapter, unaffected by outer joys and sorrows or by praise and blame, secure in his divine nature, 
regarding with equal gaze a clod of mud, a stone, and a bar of gold, impartial toward all experiences, whether pleasant or unpleasant, firm-minded, untouched by either praise or blame, treating everyone alike, whether friend or foe, free from the delusion that in anything he does, he is the doer, such an one has transcended nature's triune qualities. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. I'd like to read from Whispers from Eternity. This is a book of uh, poems and prayers that Paramahansa Yogananda wrote. This is called Flood Me with Thy Omnipresent Love. O fountain of love, flood the lowlands of our love for home and family with thy omnipresent love. O mighty source of all our rivers of desire, teach us not to cut ourselves off from thee, hunting on dry sands of sense satisfaction. Love is our soul's birthright. We demand now that all the rivers of our cravings be redirected through valleys of humility, eager self-sacrifice, and concern for others, until, reinforced by thy torrential blessings, they merge in the ocean of all fulfillment in thee. Bless us that the rivulets of our sympathy, affection, and love lose not themselves in the sands of dreary selfishness, Let the little, lonely, separately moving streamlets of our love, which come from thee, merge at last in the vastness of thy perfect love. So the topic is that victory demands the courage of conviction. And we're going to define uh, victory as liberation, as seeing through the duality and realizing that everything is God. Everything comes from God. God is infinite love. And as the chant said, no birth, no death, no caste have I, that this idea of separateness is an illusion, that the reality is that thy song, the song of God is flowing through us all the time, And that's the victory, is to realize that. The conviction is to believe that and to absorb that into your consciousness until the other consciousness of separation dissolves entirely. Those are the masters of every religion of all time. And that's our fate and our goal. And we... Work towards that. I have a friend who lives in the community and is a Kriyabon. He's a fairly young man. More and more young men as I get older, right? <laughs> but he's a fairly young man. And he, we were talking one day, and he said that 
of his friends from high school and uh, when, before he lived, uh, became a disciple and lived in uh, the community of Ananda, he said that almost all of his friends had read the autobiography of a yogi. And not a single one meditated. Not a single one practiced a spiritual discipline. And we were talking about that. And obviously we come to the courage part. Because it's one thing to be touched by the conviction that God is the only reality. But if you are just touched by it, and you let that slip away, nothing really happens. Well, that's not true. Something happens. You're, you're touched. You're blessed. We've been talking this year about the blessings that the autobiography bring to the world. Indeed, there is a blessing there. But there is the opportunity to strive for victory, to pick up where Yogananda expounded in the book is the, pa- the process of self-realization, the process of finding your spiritual path and pursuing it with the fact that you live it. And that takes the courage of conviction. I'm not saying that my friend's friends aren't courageous. I'm saying that Maya, the force of division, is a powerful and real force. And that's why you read the book, and then you are inspired by the book, and you say, yes, the, the Buddha is right. The Christ is right. Moses is right. The masters of every religion are right. The spiritual life is important. Swami Kriyananda put, life is the quest for inner joy. That's what we're here for. But then the next step is to put that into action and live it. And Maya is not in favor of that. Because Maya loses customers when people go to the expanding light and spend the weekend uh, on a silent retreat at the meditation retreat and they take Kriya initiation. It's, it's not good for Maya. Its fan base goes down. So Maya keeps us always the next thing. Oh, Autobiography of a Yogi. Hey, and here's a book by Stephen King. And here's a, there's a movie tonight. Maybe we could go to a movie. Maybe... Or we could go to the long meditation. Always this pull that the conviction is not, it's not important. Don't get overly, what did they say to Yogananda in the ashram? Don't try to find God so soon. But that's not what Master brought. He said the time for knowing God has come. And that this is the time. And that was Kriyananda's mission. Is to pick up that baton and carry it. And create a place called Ananda, where people are consciously living for God. And to create a worldwide movement called Ananda, in which the movement towards self-realization is spreading through the world. And that took courage, indeed. But it took courage for all of you to come here today. You could have gone to Vegas. You You know, I mean, this is a big world. You can do what you want. But you said, no, I I want to pursue this. Because there's something real in what Yogananda is saying. There's something real. And I want to move in that direction. That's the beginning of truth-seeking. No, this is important. I I want to check this out. I I want to read this book. I want to see this movie about yoga, about the unity of religions, about 
world brotherhood, about divine love, about states of consciousness, about samadhi, about healing through spirit, the realization that God is the reality. That's the conviction. And the courage just comes when we stand up to it. And we do have to make that stand. And when we make that stand, we realize the truth. That's the story of the autobiography, that his life was one blessed by God. But that's the story of the new path, Kriyananda's story of discipleship, because the disciple follows the guru and receives those blessings. But we continually have to have the courage to keep going deeper in our conviction and live the life that we know we can. I'd like to tell a little Swami Kriyananda story. In 1976, we had a fire here. There was a, a fire. It started out on Oak Tree Road, and it came up through Anand, and it burned down all our houses. And it left us with nothing. A lot of charred, a lot of charred nothing. <laughs> and we had just not very much. And we didn't have that much before, but we had even less after the fire was done with us. Just by comparison, the gross income of Ananda Farm in 1976 was $2,400. There were six people on the staff. <laughs> we worked all day, every day. So that's it, what, a dollar a day? You know? So we didn't have a lot of money, but what we had was taken away. So there's the, the question, is this come from God? Well, the next part of the story was that in time, they figured out what was the cause of the fire, and it turned out to be that a county piece of equipment had a faulty spark arrestor. And that's why the fire started. And so we had the opportunity, or the opportunity was there, to sue the county and get probably millions of dollars, 22 homes and 800 acres of land and all that. We probably could have sued and gotten millions of dollars. And millions of dollars was a lot of money back in those days. And Swami Kriyananda wrote a letter, which I will never forget, and many of us will never forget. But Swami Kriyananda wrote a letter to the Board of Supervisors of the county and said, you'll be interesting to, interested to know that Ananda will not be suing you. We don't feel that we should take out our bad luck on the residents and the taxpayers of the county. So we're just going to go along. And I still remember how thrilled I was when I read that letter. We put it up in the mailroom. Because the courage of conviction is everything we stand for. We believe that everything comes from God. And we don't believe that government has to take care of all of our problems. It's not the solution. It has its place. Wonderful. But it isn't the place that we go for relief. We could have sued, but Swami said, no, what do we believe in? We believe that God is the provider, that Master will provide for this community, and we're not going to sue. I am assured that the <laughs> county board of supervisors were happy with that decision too. They probably liked the teachings that day, <laughs> but they were gracious about it. And as you've seen, in time, it all worked out, and we raised the money, rebuilt the community, everything was fine. But Swami Kriyananda lived by the courage 
of his convictions. And that's how he attained victory. And he taught us from the very beginning that if our community and if our spiritual life is going to succeed and attain victory, we have to have the courage to act. We have to have the courage to put the teachings in place. This was a a multi-million dollar learning experience. And he let it fly. And we were so happy because we're idealists. We believe that Master brought us this mission. And because a thing's impossible, it only means it's impossible for the world. It's not impossible for God. And we can do it. We can get that freedom if we practice meditation. And if we constantly deepen our conviction that we are free, that we're not the body, we're not the resume, we're not the net worth, we're not all the things that society constantly argues we are. We have to distance ourselves and deepen our conviction that we are beings of light. How do we do that? Well, one thing that Yogananda recommended is that every day we repeat the poem Samadhi and we imagine ourselves in that state. We are free from the veils of light and shade. We are a cosmic being, that the storm of Maya is stilled by the magic wand of our intuition deep. And every day to feel that and deepen our conviction, year after year, I have good news, it gets easier. (laughs) Master said that the spiritual path is difficult at first and then endlessly liberating. I remember the first time I started studying yoga and they said, the soul is perfect. And I sort of went, well, not my soul. <laughs> I'm really kind of goofing up pretty bad, you know. No, the soul is perfect. You're not those things. You're not the bad things. You're not the, the, the things that hold you from the image that you are free, that you are a being of love. And that's what we have to practice. All spiritual practice is to do that. And it helps us to deepen our commitment and feel ourselves free. Uh, The disciple takes on the guru and gives them essentially carte blanche to free the the ego and destroy the ego. And I think of a wonderful friend of mine, now without a body, but Peggy Dietz is a wonderful disciple of Master. And she, as a young lady... Uh, lived at Mount Washington. And she was a disciple, and she wanted to be free. So she gave the guru the power to help her be free and destroy that ego. Well, one day, Rajasi and Master came up to Mount Washington, and Peggy came out to, to get a blessing and to see the Master. Of course she would. And she, Peggy just had had her hair done. She had a new hairdo. And she had a haircut. It was, it was different than she had before. So she came out to the car, and Roger C. and Master were there. And Master rolled down the window, and Master goes, What did you do to your hair? I can't stand it. <laughs> she said, I can't. Master says, I can't bless you. Roger C., you bless her. <laughs> so Roger C. blesses Peggy Deets. Om, om, om. Boy, <laughs> that's some strong medicine. <laughs> P- 
Peggy, to her credit, continued to be a disciple. <laughs> I don't think she had a very big ego, even at the beginning. And when we met her, she was a much older lady. Kriyananda didn't take quite that approach with us. He was very gentle and very respectful and would make very guarded comments that helped us to improve in every way because he, it was his way, it was his nature. But Master was, in her case, and Master didn't behave that way with all the disciples. He specifically wanted to help each of them free themselves. So that conviction that I am not the body, it needs to be attained by each of us. We need to destroy those ideas. We need to practice meditation and really free ourselves from it. And the more we do, the more it gives us that experience. And that takes us on, on the road. And realize that God is the doer. I have to tell a quick Jaya story. Jaya Helene is a revered member of our community and has been since the very beginning. And one day, a couple of months ago, Jaya was back from India, where he is right now. And he came over and we were just, you know, kind of blessing each other, saying hi. We worked together for many, many years about 40. And, and uh, he, he came over and he, he was very enthusiastic. He said, Ananta, you do realize that this is Babaji's work. This is not our work, you know. And, the two, and I could tell exactly where he was. And I, and I chimed right in. I said, oh, no, this is definitely Babaji's work. Because both of us have had many years of responsibility. And there's that creeping thought, you are responsible. Don't let the guru down. Don't let Swami down. And it's it sort of, oh. And you start to get a little tense. And then Jaya was remembering, this is Babaji's work. God's the doer. Everything is happening through His grace. Live in that. And make that conviction more and more real. So that no matter what you have to do for Master, no matter how important your job is, or how completely unimportant your job is, it doesn't matter. What's ma- what is, we're here for is the realization that you are a part of all that is. That you are a being of infinite love. And so read Whispers from Eternity. Meditate on that. Meditate on the poem Samadhi and feel yourself in that state. Listen to the Festival of Light and try to interiorize that process. Realize that you are a part of all it is. That we are moving into perfect light, perfect joy. That this world is a lie. That's the fact of it. The reality is God. Only reality is God. Feel that and bring it into your everyday experience. You have to construct a way to go to work tomorrow morning and feel that God is the doer, that this is a play. You've been given some skills. You have the ability to write code or stamp envelopes or (laughs) dig a ditch or whatever it is, you know, change the oil. It doesn't matter. If you have that ability, that's part of God's lila. Serve. Who are you serving? God. Why are you serving? Because you're a part of him. And because you wish to wake up from the dream. That's the whole purpose of Ananda Village. That's the whole purpose of the Worldwide Sangha. Is to wake up. Wake up from the dream. And realize that God is the doer of everything. That God is our father and our mother. That the masters represent that light to us. But we are a part of the masters. When we practice Kriya, we become 
a part of that process that is freeing the world. And we will, with Kriya and devotion, attain the realization that we are a part of all that is. We're one with the masters. You're part of the guru. That's the reality. Practice that. And in every part of your day, any part that needs guru consciousness, get to work on it. This is your assignment. This is how you deepen the practice. Is look and say, well, I do pretty good, but I just can't, you know, play golf without thinking of what a good golfer I am. Okay, you have two options. Quit playing golf or let God play golf through you. Either one, it's up to you. (laughs) Feel the reality that God is always with you and practice it and deepen your conviction and have the courage. Make an experiment every year. Master said every meditation should be deeper than the one before it. That's the goal. But the reality of it is, is each bad meditation should be better than the bad meditation last week. Each good meditation should be better than the one last month. Just keep moving progressively and keep your focus on the reality at the point between the eyebrows that you are a being of infinite love. And when you look at the masters, when you surround yourself with the masters, feel you're the Buddha. You have that compassion. You have that love of Christ. You have what Yogananda has, that joy. This book of poems, Whispers from Eternity, these are your poems. This is your story. You're living that. And keep changing the script of your life so that there is no thought of your separation from God, that there's no thought that you're doing anything. Be like Jaya says, Babaji is doing all this through us. And we're just here trying to tune, trying to be courageous, trying to be channels for infinite love and beauty. And you will.